Well, first I want to say good morning to everyone, and I am glad that you are here. You are the hardy ones, my friends. This is the uh, week that the uh, pastor is away, and so everybody gets to play. Not a lot of people show up when they realize that uh, I'm going to be gone. That's just kind of a reality. Uh, you are the hardy ones, my friends. I'm glad that uh, you have made it a priority to be here in worship this morning. This morning we're going to cover why we do some of the things that we do in worship. And so we'll begin. So have you ever asked yourself, why did I get up and come to church today? We want to cover some of those whys. The first why that we're going to ask is why do we sing? Why do we sing? Really, the church is kind of the only body of people that get together and uh, sing out loud together. Unless you're a part of a community choir, usually you don't get together with friends and sing. But the church does. Why do we sing? Well, the first reason that we sing is simply because it's biblical. The Bible tells us to. I want to read to you the book of Psalm chapter 47, verse 6 and 7 says, Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him psalms of praise. That's why we sing in church, because it's biblical. And here's the second reason. We sing in church because it is a part of God's plan. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and the church at Rome was mostly filled with Gentiles, not Jews, uh, people that didn't grow up in a Jewish tradition or faith, but people that came to Christ, learned who Jesus was. And the Apostle Paul writes to uh, the church in Rome in chapter 15. He explains to them by quoting passages of Scripture from uh, the book of Psalm chapter 18 and uh, from the book of 2 Samuel chapter uh, 22. Uh, he writes this to those Gentile Christians. Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 7. Accept one another. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you people. Keep in mind, Paul is writing to the Gentiles, and he's quoting Old Testament passages of Scripture. And he's clearly communicating to them that God has had as a part of his plan since time began, that Gentiles would join the Jews and they would sing songs to God of praise. He wants everyone in the church and all people everywhere to sing psalms of praise unto the Father. That's why when we get together, we sing. Here's another reason. We sing in church to connect to God. Go ahead and write that down in your bulletin right there. We sing in church to connect to God. Uh, listen to this. Dr. Wendy McGee, International Fellow of Music Therapy at London's Institute of Neuropalliative Rehabilitation. She says that music is a super drug for the brain, capable of influencing and improving communication and cognition. Oh, what does that mean? 
(laughs) That means uh, we remember the things that we sing. And so maybe when you were a child, you learned the books of the Bible by singing a song. Maybe you remember passages of Scripture like, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after thee from the song that you sang. Or maybe you remember 1 John 4, 7 and 8 from the songs that you sang. It's a a super drug for the brain. It helps us remember passages of Scripture. God has us sing so that we can better connect to him. Uh, Jesus knew that. Clearly, Jesus knew that. And the night that Jesus was betrayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, even before they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, while they were gathered for the Last Supper, according to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 30, when they had sung hymns, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So there at the Last Supper, Jesus was singing songs with the disciples. They were connecting to God through song. Uh, We know that uh, the apostles, you remember that Paul and Silas, they were in jail. And while they were in jail, they were uh, singing. According to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse uh, 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were connecting to God. God calls us to gather Uh, Jew and Gentile and all mankind alike that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior uh, to come together and to sing together. It's biblical. It's what he wants us to do. We connect to him through songs. And so at this time, we're going to have Laura lead us in a time of singing to God. Why? God wants us to. Well, as we continue to talk about uh, why we do the things that we do uh, in a church service or when we gather together, we might ask the question, well, why do we pray? Why do we spend time in prayer? I mean, don't we just kind of pray all the time? Why do we need to set time aside to have a prayer time? Well, the answer is because it is biblical. It's biblical. We just want to do what the Bible tells us to do. And when we read through the book of Acts and we look at chapter two and the early church was established and uh, Jesus had sort of turned the keys of the kingdom over to the apostles to get started. And uh, Jesus needed to go back up into heaven because he's there preparing a place for us. Uh, We watch as the early church was established and we read in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They prayed. That was the example that was set in scripture. It's biblical. So we pray. Another reason that we spend time in church to pray is to talk to a holy God. Uh, You remember when the disciples came to Jesus and asked him to teach them to pray in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus starts off by saying, Our Father in heaven, holy, holy is your name. Holy, hagias, set apart. It's not like any other name. It is uh, to be revered. It is holy. 
And so we get to talk to a holy God. We get to present our request to a holy God. We get to present everything to a holy God. In fact, that's what Timothy reminds us in the book of First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that requests, and he, he kind of gives a category there, make, make requests to God. And then he says, make requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving to be made for everyone. And when we read through that, a lot of times what we want to do is to categorize where there are prayers of thanksgiving and, and prayers of intercession and uh, prayers of thanks and prayers of praise. And a lot of scholars say it doesn't necessarily mean different types of prayers, but it simply represents the scope of prayer. Bring everything to a holy God who makes a difference in our lives bring everything to God in prayer. That's why we pray, because he is holy and he hears our prayers. While we're talking about it, a couple of side notes on prayer. Uh, when we pray, we often hear people say, in Jesus' name, amen, at the conclusion of their prayers. Why do we pray in Jesus' name? Well, it's important that we do that, According to the book of Ephesians, when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, chapter 5, verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, whenever we go to him, we give thanks to him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul was writing to the church in Colossae, apparently the same type of thing came up because he addressed it with him as well, them as well. He said, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus. So when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name, and then we say amen. What does the word amen mean? Well, in the, from the original language, it simply means truly. Truly, truly, surely. Uh, I'm just saying sincerely, this is what I believe. So we pray it in the name of Jesus and we say it uh, emphatically. Truly, I believe that what I am saying to you is true and what your response will be will be true and we give it all to you because you are the real deal. So when we pray, we pray because it's biblical. We pray to a holy God in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to enter into a time of prayer. It's kind of a, a work assignment that you're going to do right there in place. In your bulletin, you can see that there is sort of a prayer outline um, going to give your attention to the prayer requests that are already listed there. And then there's a few items that are listed, and we're going to spend some time just in silence. And we're going to ask that you would silently spend time talking to our holy God. Let's do that right now. At the conclusion of this time, you will enter into communion. So, so far we have covered why do we sing and why do we pray? Next question. Write this down in your bulletin. Why do we receive an offering? Well, we've kind of established a pattern so far. Uh, the first reason that we receive an offering is because it's biblical. 
In the book of Malachi, at chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the entire tithe into the storehouse. Bring the whole tithe in. God wants us to bring 10% of our income and present it to him for his kingdom's work. That's what he wants us to do. And God doesn't want us to do that just because he wants us to do that. And one of the reasons that he wants us to do that is because it helps our heart be ready for him. Because Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God wants us to have our money and our heart surrendered unto him. It's biblical. These are biblical reasons that we receive an offering here at church. Another reason that we receive an offering, write this down in your bulletin, is to support the mission of the church. To support the mission of the church. The mission of the church is kind of divided into two parts. There's an inward focus and an outward focus. And the inward focus requires that we would simply maintain our facility, this building. This building is a tool. This building is a ministry tool. We maintain this facility. Several years ago, I was a house framer. That's what I did for a living. I framed houses in Arizona and framed houses in Colorado. And every day I would show up to work to frame a house and I'd bring a hammer with me. Well, today, if you were to bring a hammer with you to frame a house, everybody on the job site would look at you and, and say, what are you doing with that thing? Because now everyone uses an air gun or an air hammer to frame a house. Same thing back in the day, if I was going to watch a movie, I'd go watch a movie on a VHS player. Well, who does that anymore? Here's what we know. Tools change. That's why around here we always want to be sort of improving and enhancing and sharpening the tool that we will use so that it can work its very best to accomplish the work that is here before us. It takes money to make changes to the church. And so that is a part of the mission of the church. Also, we give uh, as a part of this inward focus is to buy materials for spiritual growth. Sunday school materials, Bible study materials, any materials that we might need to enhance spiritual growth. That's a part of you and I, you and I sharpening our own personal skills. Uh, those uh, resources that we receive, those monies that we receive from the offering, not only do they improve the building, but they also provide materials for spiritual growth. Also, and we don't hide from this whatsoever, uh, money received pays staff. If you read through the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you can see that uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians says, you wouldn't expect a soldier to work for free. You wouldn't expect a farmer to work for free. You wouldn't expect a rancher to work for free, nor do we expect staff in a church to work for free. And so uh, one of the things that we use money for when we receive an offering is to pay staff. Those are the inward focuses of the church that we use monies for. Well, not only does our church use its resources for inward focus, it also obviously uses its resources for outward focus through global missions, through faith promise, all of the missionaries that we support, uh, they reach around the world, and it's our desire to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the entire world. And when you give to this church, you contribute to that cause. That's also a 
biblical theme that we are to reach out to the world. We also try to reach out just locally, right here within our own community. When you support the church financially, you support Kids Club, our Wednesday program, which has been so far a very fun and effective and reaching many families right here in our own community, right here around us within the Riverdale School District and surrounding area. We're glad that we are a church that gives so that we can be a church that can reach lost people for Jesus Christ. Why do we receive an offering? To complete the mission of the church that Jesus has given to us. Okay, one last why. Why our church must never stop growing. Well, it's biblical. It's biblical that our church not stop growing. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus is the one that said, Go into all of the world and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's biblical that this church would reach out and that this church would grow. Go ahead and write down there in your bulletin that it's biblical that our church would grow. But also write down that this church needs to grow because God loves people. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance. God loves people. He loves you. He loves me. You and I have received the forgiveness that comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God wants everyone to have that forgiveness and everyone to know his son. It's our job to tell him. And so that's why this church should never stop growing. Here, write this last one down. God commands us to reach out. That's what he does. He says, I need you. I want you. I desire for you to reach out to the community. Luke chapter 14, verse 23 says, Go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. God desires to have a full house. I'm so glad that the year 2020 is getting behind us. I look forward to the year 2021. It's my prayer, and I hope it's your prayer, that Countryside Christian Church will continue to be a place that sings faithfully to the Lord, that spends time praying, reaching up to God for those who are around us and those who need to know Jesus that we would be a church that would continue to give and carry out the work and ministry that he calls us to do so that this church would never stop growing and that God would continue to find us faithful to reach lost people in our area. Countryside Christian Church, we have a fantastic facility here. We need to fill it up for Jesus Christ.